Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today's guest is a seasoned energy policy and business management professional with 20 years of experience in the energy and environmental sectors. His specialty is in supporting the cannabis industry and the broader controlled environment agriculture community. His work provides cultivators and their stakeholders with valuable insights into energy and environmental best practices as they design, build, and operate indoor cultivation facilities. And so without further ado, Sam Milton, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. How are you doing? Great to be here. I appreciate you inviting me on the show. I appreciate you coming on. So Sam, for those who aren't familiar with you and your work, um, why don't we just take a step back to your first few days in the cannabis industry and kind of how you got exposed to it and what that journey looked like of, of coming into the industry and doing what you're doing today? Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, my, 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 my journey, like a lot of folks, has kind of been varied and meandered a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, as, as, aside from, you know, being a part of my oncologist cannabis club, <laughs> um, where, you know, we talked and advocated for the liberalization of uh, marijuana policies across the country. Um, in a professional sense, I really got exposed to it um, as I was embarking on my own um, professional career as an uh, independent business person. I've been working in the, the energy efficiency world and, you know, you know, going far back into the energy policy and climate policy, um, but had been in a position at an energy efficiency implementer, um, which means it was a company that would basically work on um, rebate programs across the country. Um, so I was one of their, their policy directors in the New England region. Um, and, uh, you know, long story short, the merger, a merger and acquisition happened. Our team was dismantled and I was kind of wondering what to do. Um, and a, a former uh, co-worker of mine who was in the, in the West Coast said, hey, Sam, if you're looking for an area um, that's really going to be, um, uh, you know, hot or, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, intensive um, in terms of uh, a need, um, you should look at the cannabis space because our clients had been utilities, um, not the most interesting, you know, work to necessarily do, but the um, utilities um, had been worried about the the energy intensity of cultivation facilities, um, and they were they were starting to you know to to imagine scenarios where um, transmission you know grids would be shut down um, because of power outages that are driven by um, you know basically illegal operations, um, and I don't think that's really come to light, but it created for me a sense of urgency around wow this is energy you know. For whatever reason, and there are many reasons we can discuss, but it is fairly, it's very energy intensive. Um, it's one of the most energy intensive industries on the planet. Um, and for me, that brought to light the fact that there are a lot of people out there who are growing cannabis legally, you know, or not, um, but are using way more resources that, that they need to. Um, it's not a law of nature that cannabis needs to be produced under, you know, the hundreds of thousand watt light bulbs, um, which is kind of the way that things have evolved. Um, but because the cannabis industry has mostly kind of, you know, lived out of sight from the traditional commercial and industrial energy services world, um, they've kind of gone down this path that is frankly not very sustainable. Um, it's, it's certainly not a great way to spend money if you're a cultivator. Um, and it's not great for the planet too. Um, so I was like, hey, this is an opportunity to get out there and educate people around, um, you know, different approaches to use fewer resources to um, grow their plants. 
And that's been what I've been doing for the past uh, four or five years now. It's been a great, a great ride. Um, and I absolutely love it. That's awesome. And so how did you, um, when you kind of first got in, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it was a little bit of like a shock as to like how much energy and resources are actually being consumed on a, on a yearly basis, just by, from, from all the, the indoor cultivation, which, you know, we can go back into the legacy market and kind of see that people growers were forced indoors to, to mm-hmm. avoid, you know, exposure and things like that. Yeah. Um, do you think that as we get closer and closer to federal legalization, that there's going to be more opportunities to implement more sustainable practices into culti- into cultivation sites, specifically um, indoor grow facilities? Yeah, I absolutely think so. I mean, I think you know the 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 premise that federal legalization is around the corner. You know, not that that's what you're saying, but I I think we necessarily you know shouldn't assume that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if and when that time comes, yeah, you'll see a lot of kind of larger companies, energy service companies, solar providers, um, you know, other other firms like that, being able to actually more overtly serve um, the cannabis industry, which will be great for, for growers and for cultivators um, who right now have had to kind of figure things out on their own. Um, but certainly in the meantime, you know, I found this niche where on a state-by-state level, um, growers certainly have a lot of flexibility in terms of the technologies that they can use, um, the approaches that they can, they can adopt, and even the energy sources that they can, they can take advantage of. Um, for sure, there'll be, you know, with, with, with liberalization, legalization, you'll see access to capital with a lot more opportunity, of course, to invest um, in more, you know, capital intensive energy projects. I'm thinking about solar, for example, um, you know, for a grower right now to, um, you know, to want to run on, on, on solar at any significant amount of their uh, consumption, um, they actually have to probably go out and, and buy the solar panels themselves, they can't finance that um, because there's no, you know, as you and your listeners know, um, capital is really hard to come by in the cannabis space, um, especially for something that will have, you know, a 10 year payback. Um, so, but, but when, you know, hopefully there'll be interstate commerce and the feds chill out a little bit, um, you'll see some access to capital um, on the financing side for projects like that. Um, but certainly in the meantime, you know, you've, you see solar, you know, um, uh, playing a part in cultivators' energy generation mix. Um, it's just the financing is a little more complicated. Um, and you have some legacy buildings with solar that have been a big part of that story. Um, community solar is a big part of that story too. Um, and um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get there. But there's, there's, there's certainly lots of options that folks have now to reduce their energy footprint. That's where I like to spend my time Okay, working with individual individual cultivators and within industry on a policy level um, to make sure that you know folks are are taking advantage of those resources and tools that they have. Yeah, for sure, because that that's an that's a very important piece of the puzzle right there, especially for you know making sure that you that you have a good quality crop and also being able to manage your finances and and just also being environmentally conscious. Um, when you when you work with a lot of cultivators and and leaders and operators in this space. When they first come to you, what what do you often hear them say? Um, maybe not necessarily as an objection, but sort of as a hurdle to flip the switch and go solar, or to flip the switch and kind of take a more energy efficient approach to their to their operations. Is it is it the lack of of resources and finance, or is it is it something else that's kind of holding them back from making the jump and making the switch? 
Yeah, it's funny. They don't often um, explicitly, uh, you know, state, you know, that they are, you know, that they're not interested or that they, you know, they don't want to move forward with anything. Um, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, people are very kind of open to, you know, hearing you know, about this. Um, but like anything, you know, when, when the rubber hits the road and it's time to actually, you know, take, take concrete steps, I think it just gets overwhelming for a lot of folks because um, it's a little bit different, right? Um, and it may push people kind of out of their comfort zone if they, if they um, perceive they'll have to do something dramatically different in order, you know, to, in order to, you know, continue their, their, pro, their crop and their process. Um, and I think it's funny that the cannabis industry, at least as I observe, is fairly risk averse. <laughs> um, you know, one might think from the outside that if you're a um, uh, a cultivator of cannabis, you're like, yeah, hey, you know, it's like, you know, throw a caution to the wind because, of course, yeah. you've been operating illegally for decades. Um, but I think most growers and cannabis businesses are highly risk averse. I mean, especially on the, on the cultivation side. Um, they've got their recipe down. They've got the lights tuned and you know, dialed in. They've got the HVAC system just kind of you know teetering just where they where they want it. Um, and the last thing they want to do, even if there's a ninety percent chance that it'll you know increase their productivity um, by various metrics, you know they're very you know very leery about doing that and taking those steps. Um, but I think the biggest thing in terms of kind of, you know, getting people to, uh, take action, you know, to be more energy efficient and be more productive from an energy perspective, um, is kind of building that trust. And I, it's not as if I necessarily, you know, bring that trust to folks, but, you know, it's the, the, the market's evolving, you know, we're seeing growers all across the country, um, adopt LEDs with more enthusiasm than they used to. Um, the lighting technology is a big piece of what has caused uh, cultivation facilities to be so energy intensive. Um, like I mentioned earlier, that, that thousand watt high pressure sodium lights, you know, have been the standard for decades. Um, and then LEDs came along a few years ago and they generally were crap and <laughs> didn't work very well. People's plants died. Um, but from over the years, there have been millions of dollars put into R&D for LED technology for, for specifically for horticultural applications cool. um, and you're really kind of you know seeing some of those products hit the market um, and have been for the past couple of years um, but I think you know people are generally you know coming to trust the technology and say hey we can actually use this you know this more this this less powerful lighting fixture um, and get equal or better results out of our you know out of our process um, so because that appreciation is kind of slowly, I think, you know, come, come to life. I think for the most part, you're still, still you're still seeing, you know, the vast majority of growers still use those thousand watt high pressure sodium lights. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, as, as folks kind of, you know, see their peers and their colleagues and their competitors even um, do more with less, um, you know, grow more, grow, grow more cannabis, come with fewer energy inputs um, using, LED, for example, um, they'll, they'll move that. So I'm just trying to, in my work, you know, facilitate those actions that will lead growers um, and the cannabis business generally, um, you know, just to be more efficient, you know, be more productive, um, but using fewer, fewer energy and water resources. 
Um, and that's what I've been doing. And it helps, it helps a lot that, that technology is there to do this. Cause that's, you know, otherwise I would just be, you know, shouting into the wind. Um, but it, but it, it helps that technology can actually um, make good, you know, on these promises. Yeah. And so with, with the different technologies that are available, I know you mentioned solar and, and the, the, the new and improved led lights mm-hmm. that, that have been, been put to use. Um, are there any other technologies that kind of come to mind that are very just, you know, prominent in, in what you do and what you talk about on a day-to-day basis that really sure. help improve productivity? Yeah. I mean, so you've got, you know, HVAC systems, you know, are, are big next to lighting, um, HVAC and dehumidification are, you know, are, you know, the most in, you know, energy sucking part of a grow operation. Mm-hmm. Um, so traditionally you've got basically independent cooling systems and dehumidification systems. Um, so you've got the dehumidifiers in the quarter and you've got the, um, the, the, the cooling system, you know, coming up along the ceiling um, and they kind of fight each other, you know, because the dehumidifiers are actually, you know, creating heat, <laughs> you know, by processing and kind of removing the moisture, they're actually putting out heat into the space, um, which the, the cooling system, you know, needs to work overtime in order to get that heat out. So it's, that's a highly inefficient system. Um, so uh, there have been some really interesting innovations in the past few years um, where um, basically mechanical engineers have created um, like a package system. So they basically, you know, they're one unit, um, but they perform dehumidification and cooling uh, simultaneously, kind of you know, with, with, within you know their own their own sealed unit. Um, so that's a great way to get some additional efficiencies um, in the grow operation. Um, yeah, it's harder to swap out that that system from one that is kind of the more typical split system, um, which is why for expansion projects or for you know new builds, the time to kind of you know, get that new that new technology in. Um, data is a big piece of the of the puzzle too. Um, you know, I think you're seeing a lot of sensors. Um, which are very cheap, you know, getting to, you know, getting used more frequently in grow operations. Um, and kind of with the data that those sensors collect, um, you know, it's certainly possible, and it happens all the time, where uh, cultivators are coming in and taking a real uh, granular look at how that those, those grow rooms are performing. Um, so is the temperature all over the place? Is the humidity spiking um, in uh, predictable, you know, but in kind of, you know, not ideal ways. And that cause your HVAC system to kind of to, to, you know, work harder than it needs to. Um, so kind of with those data points coming in, um, you know, savvy growers are able to really kind of, you know, to make those tweaks uh, to the system, you know, to make sure that the, the, the environmental conditions internally um, are nice and flat. And so, you know, which is what the plants usually like. Um, so yeah, those are the kind of big, those are the innovations I would say kind of really that are happening. And, and I think also just really, it's kind of like a, a consciousness, you know, around, um, energy and environmental issues on the part of the industry. I think it's just a big part. It's not technology per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a tool to, so to speak, so to say that is coming, coming into the industry where folks are like, Hey, you know, we need to figure this out or it's in our, it's in our, our professional interest um, to be more efficient and to reduce our energy costs. Um, because if we don't, you know, we're going to get crushed by more efficient operators, you know, in the years to come, right. um, which is a big piece of it. So 
that's not it's not for, for me. I mean, I like thinking about the the environmental implications of being more efficient. Uh, but for 90% of my of my clients, um, truthfully, it's just about saving money, um, it, which is great. I mean, if you can increase your profit um, right now and then year over year I mean, you know, over the guy next door who's doing stuff the old fashioned way, um, you'll be in business when the other guy gets gets squeezed out. Um, when prices collapse, which will happen, especially if the feds uh, you know, legalize, um, you'll see interstate tr- commerce come in and commodity prices are going to drop. So the story for me around being energy efficient and being um, having a focus on energy productivity is about you know, making sure that your profits you know, are as large as possible and that your waste you know, is, is as low as possible. There's always going to be some waste, but um, you know, harness all the inputs and you know, put them to, to use is, I think, the, 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 the reason why you'll see some folks survive and then, you know, next five, 10 years and that there's quite a business. Um, simple as that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all super fascinating. I'm not very well versed when it comes to cultivation and kind of how, you know, all those logistics work, you know, down to the down to the the, the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. But everything that you're saying makes a lot of sense. And I remember reading, this was a while back, but I remember when Aurora, uh, one of the Canadian LPs, was mm-hmm. opening up new facilities left and right. They had, I, I'm pretty sure they had a pretty big um, solar initiative. And their big mm-hmm. thing was to make all their greenhouses super, super energy efficient. Uh, and so it's interesting that what you said before was that a lot of the new builds, when they're putting in brand new systems, they're making sure that everything is, you know, fairly energy efficient. And that's, that's kind of the mindset that they're going versus somebody who maybe has been running a cultivation center for, you know, 10, 15 years. It's, it's sometimes a little bit more challenging to, to break those old patterns and, and instill these new ones. So would you kind of Mm -hmm. say that, that, that holds true from what you've seen um, over the last couple of years? Well, I was, my, 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 my thinking about, um, drawing a distinction between the the, the those, those um, facilities that are existing versus those that are being getting, um, newly built or expanded mm-hmm. um, isn't so much the frequency with which um, you know those owner operators are taking steps to be more efficient, but it just creates an opportunity for them to do so um, in a way that they wouldn't if they're coming in just if they're working with an incumbent facility. Um, I would say still even for new construction projects and for expansions. Um, so the vast majority of you know those owner operators you know, aren't taking anywhere near the steps they could be taking mm-hmm. um, to to really be smarter about their their energy and resource use. Um, you know, we're just still early days in the world of thinking about energy energy productivity um, and water productivity, um, and I think the market has been helpful in terms of just, you know, just basically presenting technologies that can you know, help a grower grow more with less. Um, but I think the kind of the, the awareness and the willingness to do something a little bit differently um, is still, you know, we're, 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 we're still, uh, you know, um, uh, a ways out before, you know, kind of that becomes a norm. Folks will kind of step up and kind of, you know, and, and, and do it, you know, right the first way. Um, because again, I think you're, you're, you know, you're dealing with, with um, perception that the way that it's been done for, 30, 40 years um, is the way it needs to be done forever. Um, and, you know, it's, we got the, the, the OG, you know, cultivators out there. Um, and Hey, I mean, 
yeah, everyone's got their, their own thing and their recipe and um, I love it, but um, you know, it's good, you know, kind of the, the dedication to kind of a specific way of, of growing, um, you know, under thousand watt lights, for example, you know, that's, that's going to be moving out, you know, as kind of the, the, the innovations, you know, start to trickle in um, and forming the next generation of, of cultivators, um, which is, yeah, which is kind of, it's, 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 it's fun to see that. And a big part of my work is around kind of the education and outreach, um, you know, just to, at least to, to get into the, to the, the industry, um, you know, the awareness around, you know, you know, new approaches or just kind of. Yeah. So Sam, thank you so much for, for clarifying all of that, especially for me as somebody who's, who's, you know, kind of new to cultivation and still mm-hmm. trying to learn more about it. Um, for those who would love to connect with you individually after the show, what's the yeah. best way for them to reach out to you? Um, yeah, I try to make myself as, as available as possible to as many people as I can. Um, so I'm um, on the Instagram. People can find me at, at Enlighten or Grow. Um, my website, try to make it useful and informative, is, is enlightenyourgrow.com. Um, email is great too, Sam at enlightenyourgrow.com. So I think if, if people, you know, put in enlighten your grow, <laughs> um, you know, into social media search, um, search bars, they'll find me. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I love talking about this stuff and helping people out. Um, a big thing that I help people with these days is around their, um, applications to utilities for energy efficiency, um, incentives. Um, it's kind of one of the the little tricks that are out there that are available to um, to owner operators um, in order to move them to adopt LEDs and kind of the more efficient HVAC systems that I mentioned. Um, you know, these utilities will give folks thousands and thousands of dollars um, just in a check. Say, here, go out and do the right thing. Um, and so I kind of help to make that happen for folks. Um, that's been hugely, hugely um uh, viable for a lot of my customers. So I'm certainly happy to do that, folks. So all over the country, you know, these programs exist. Um, so I can answer questions about those for anybody who may have questions about what they what they might be eligible for. Yeah, I mean that sounds super valuable. And to be honest, if I was a cultivator, it kind of seems like a no-brainer to me. So I Yeah, <laughs> it is. I, love that. I don't I don't like saying no-brainer because you know if someone doesn't want to do it, <laughs> you're right. implying they have no brain. Um you know, because it can take a little bit of time. It can take it, you know, it can add a few weeks into their, their, their cycle. But um, yeah, I mean, you've got utilities that will pay 50, 60, 70, 80% even of the project cost um, uh, for making an upgrade, you know, and for going through the steps that the utility requires you to go through. Um, and that's stuff I know really well can help make happen as quickly as possible. Um, so yeah, it kind of is a no-brainer to, to do it, especially if you already have your mind open to adopting that stuff. And especially if you have an opportunity to, to install new technology um, during a retrofit phase or expansion or a new build. I mean, yeah, people should definitely, 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 you know, reach out to the utility or reach out to someone like me who can help them figure that out um, and get that money in in the pipeline. Like I said, folks are getting six, six, six figure checks sometimes um, for some of their bigger projects. So it makes so much sense to pursue them. Well, that's, yeah, I, I love that. So at the end of the day, 
the takeaway is reach out to Sam, enlighten your grow, Google it, put it in social media, and you'll you'll be able to connect with them. Um, right. Sam, thank you again so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate your time, your insight, your expertise on this, and um, just wishing you so much success moving forward. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. No, it's been a ton of fun. And um, yeah, have me on any, anytime. Love to ask questions, answer questions about this um, and inform your, um, your listeners about this. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Appreciate it. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. We will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.